Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Aside from the day I graduated from Velcro sneakers and learned how to tie my lace-up Spider-Man shoes, I don't think I thought very much about knots until the day my dad showed me how to tie a slip knot, which led to a brief fascination with knot tying. Of course, in those days, you couldn't just hop on the internet and look up a video, so I ended up getting a knot tying kit, which is when my initial excitement quickly faded because learning how to tie knots with only a hand-drawn diagram to guide you is a special kind of challenge that eight-year-old me was just not up to. Things are quite different today, of course, as YouTube instructionals run the gamut from knot tying to solving a Rubik's Cube to cooking the perfect eggs to surviving an alien abduction. The research suggests that observational learning, where we learn how to perform a skill by watching someone else perform that skill, can be a useful way to enhance learning and performance. But a recent study suggests that if you're going to engage in this kind of learning, there's a better way to do it. That a simple tweak to the process can increase the effectiveness of this learning method, whether you're watching a YouTube video or observing your teacher demonstrate a new skill in your lesson. A team of Australian researchers recruited 48 Australian university students with varying levels of musical experience. Everyone had at least one year of prior music experience on an instrument of some kind, but those who had less than a year of piano experience were part of the less experienced group. The other half of participants, who all had at least two years of piano experience, were considered part of the more experienced group. Each participant was tasked with learning four short musical passages of increasing levels of difficulty by watching videos of a pianist playing them first. Passage one was a 10-second clip involving a single hand, Passages 2 and 3 were a little more difficult, lasting 10 seconds and involving both hands. And passage 4 was the most challenging, requiring just a single hand but lasting 15 seconds. The video clips were filmed from above the keyboard so that the pianist's hands and fingers would be clearly visible. Each student was told that they would have four chances to watch the instructional video for the passage, after which they would be recorded playing the passage themselves. 
Half of the participants were instructed to watch the video with their hands laying flat and still on the table in front of them all four times. This was the no gesturing group. The other participants were also told to watch the video with their hands laying flat and still, but just for the first two viewings. For the last two viewings, they were asked to mimic the pianist's hand movements in the air while watching the pianist play. So basically like air guitar, but for piano. This was the gesturing group. And how did they do when it was time to play the passages on a real piano? Well, the participants' performances were evaluated on two basic criteria. A, did they play the right notes? And B, did they do so in time with no hesitations or delays? On average, the gesturing group, the one that engaged in air piano while watching the example videos, got higher scores than the no gesturing group, which kept their hands still while watching the videos. However, there was one interesting exception. On passage number one, the easiest sequence of notes, gesturing led to better performance for the less experienced folks, but worse performance for the more experienced folks. Why is that? Well, the researchers note that this isn't actually all that unexpected. They explain that there's a phenomenon known as the expertise reversal effect that has been observed in some other learning contexts. The gist is that using certain learning strategies to process information you already know pretty well can be redundant, essentially taking up unnecessary mental bandwidth and leading to poorer learning. So what are the practical takeaways from all this? Well, my take is that if you're going to watch or listen to recordings of a new piece you're learning, it might help to accelerate the learning process if you make little physical gestures along with the recording. And no, this doesn't mean you have to go full on air guitar mode. It seems like the idea is to just use subtle, small motions which simply approximate the movements that you're going to use eventually, like moving your fingers or making small hand or arm movements. The more intriguing suggestion that the researchers offer is the idea of having students engage in this kind of gesturing or mimicking in lessons when the teacher demonstrates a new skill or technique. One important thing to keep in mind when interpreting this study is to remember that there's a difference between short-term performance improvements and stable, long-term learning. And from this study alone, it's not clear if the gesturing strategy leads to better learning or just faster improvements in the moment. Meaning, if you were to take a look at performance on these excerpts 24 hours later, would the gesturing group still perform better? Or would the performance regress back to a similar level as the non-gesturing group? Again, not clear from these results, but seems like an intriguing thing to test out in the weeks ahead. You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 